0: This audio presentation was pre recorded and edited for brevity and clarity.
1: Hello, I'm Michael Buckley with the Bright Focus Foundation. Welcome to today's Bright Focus chat AMD, keeping your eyes at their healthiest. If this is your first time joining us, welcome. Let me take a moment to tell you about Bright Focus and what we'll do today. Bright Focus funds some of the top scientists in the world. We support research that is trying to find cures for macular degeneration, glaucoma, and Alzheimer's. We share the latest news from these scientists with families impacted by these diseases. We have a number of free publications and plenty of materials on our website, brightfocus.org. The Bright Focus chats are another way of sharing this information. That is why today we are joined by Dr. Gayatri Riley from the Retina Group in Washington, DC. She'll discuss how people concerned about macular degeneration can keep their eyes as healthy as they can be. If you want to ask Dr. Riley a question, Press star 3 on your phone, and an operator will take down your question. Again, that's star 3 on your phone. And let me give you a phone number, just in case you get disconnected during the call. That number is 877-229-8493, and you'll enter in the passcode 112435. Just to repeat that, it's 877-229-8493, with the passcode 112435. Four three five. Lastly, if you'd prefer to listen to this chat online, you can live stream the chat today at brightfocus.org backslash live chat. And if you happen to be listening online right now, you can submit your question by emailing us at chatquestion@brightfocus.org. Now let's turn to Dr. Riley. Dr. Riley, thank you for joining us today. I'd like to start with your telling us a little bit about your background and what you do at the Retina Group in Washington, D.C.
0: Well, thanks. I'm really excited to um be here to again today. Um I am I've been with, with with the retina group for the past few years. Um what what we do as a group is um we evaluate and treat a variety of retinal conditions, uh including and and one of our biggest components is dry macular degeneration, but including wet macular degeneration, retinal detachments, uh, diabetes, and uh, hypertensive retinopathy as well. Um, I've uh, been in this area now for about about five to seven years or so. Um, Prior to that, I uh, grew up in New York and did a lot of my training up in New York and um, have come down here and continue to work with the residents in the Washington, D.C. area to help uh, help uh, with their training. And again, I'm, I'm really excited to be a part of this today.
1: Well, great. Thank you, Dr. Riley. Uh, this month, May, is Healthy Vision Month. And there are a lot of folks with dry macular degeneration that don't have the same treatment options as those with wet macular degeneration. That's why today we decided to focus on, on ways people can keep their eyes at their healthiest. So before we discuss, start that discussion, Dr. Riley, I was wondering if you could give us a quick overview of dry AMD and how it relates to the more advanced forms of that disease.
0: So Dry macular degeneration uh, can be asymptomatic, meaning you know, you don't have any symptoms, without uh, getting a a regular dilated uh, eye exam. Um, And what it is is that you can collect uh, deposits in the center portion of the vision that, um, though we can see them on examination, as, as I mentioned, you may not notice it, but over time, it can cause damage to the retinal layers and, Um, Over time, as it progresses, there can be some uh, changes to the vision where uh, the vision is not as clear as it used to be, may have difficulty with reading, Um, there may be some distortion to the vision um but more or less uh most commonly as i mentioned you don't have any symptoms and um what can happen over time is that these retinal layers in the in the center portion of the vision continue to get uh a bit thinner and thinner as time progresses and that can lead to the development of what we call wet macular degeneration which is when blood vessels from the layer underneath the retina ha- have the ability to come into the retina. Now that these layers are so thin, and they can cause bleeding and can cause fluid, which can cause a dramatic uh, decrease to the vision.
1: So I was wondering, um, you know, what obviously uh, the, the big overarching question today is: what can people do to, to care for their eyes, and how can how can they keep their eyes? Uh, as healthy as possible for macular degeneration.
0: The first thing I always recommend is seeing your regular eye doctor. You know that's that's the first, um, the first and kind of the forefront of things of keeping annual exams um, and making sure you're always having a dilated exam uh, in order to be able to detect um, any of these changes that I'm mentioning. The other things uh, that we all can do is um, avoid smoking. We know that smoking, um, when you have uh, dry macular degeneration, significantly increases your risk of a much more aggressive and a much uh, worse prognosis with development of wet macular degeneration. Um, have a healthy diet. Green leafy vegetables, the more spinach and kale and um, green vegetables that we can eat, the healthier it is for the center portion of our vision. Um, we know that dietary uh, omega-3s are very helpful, um, which which we find in seafood and um, various fishes. And just having an overall healthy diet, you know, not just these the vitamins and vegetables and things. Just being healthy overall um, is, is something that can really help with uh, dry macular degeneration.
1: Sure. Well, th- those all sound like great points. Um, uh, is exercise uh Uh, helpful for eye health?
0: Exercise is always helpful. And, and, you know, when it comes to exercise, being in good shape, not being obese, or having a significantly elevated BMI, um, we do know that that certainly keeps the inflammation in the body, which also affects the inflammation in the eye at as low as possible, which, you know, it's hard to to exactly know how much each of these different factors play a role, but we do know, um, you know, obesity, hypertension, um, all these things which are associated with um, kind of uh, being overweight can, can certainly make the, um, the eyes much worse. Hmm. Well, that's
1: interesting. No, it's interesting. I really appreciate that advice. Uh, As we mentioned, we we can uh, take questions today by by, uh, pressing star 3 on your phone, and then you'll briefly go to um, someone here at Bright Focus who'll take down your question, and um, we'll try to get them them read. The first question that we have um, comes from Colleen from Ottawa, and she is wondering about sunglasses. Um, Specifically, um, uh, she has a question, and I'll kind of follow up on that. Colleen from Ottawa is wondering, if if there's a if there's macular degeneration in a family tree um should very young children wear sunglasses and I guess if you could just expand on that just sunglasses in general uh, so
0: sunglasses you know as early as possible is always recommended for specifically macular degeneration, but for a variety of other conditions in the eye itself. They don't have to be, you know, particularly expensive. What you need is just a simple pair of sunglasses that block both um, ultraviolet A and ultraviolet B rays. These are the the harmful wavelengths that um, can cause you know cataracts which you hear commonly but especially um has been implicated in macular degeneration so most of the sunglasses that um you can find you know um in, in the stores they're they're usually well labeled um like I said there doesn't have to be anything specific about it except that they must um they must block UVA and UVB
1: great and um uh, in terms of the, the, the question about small children when there is a family history, um, rela- uh, John from New York has a similar question about hereditary nature. So um, should you be able to address both Colleen from Ottawa and John from New York about you know, the hereditary nature of this and particularly you know going all the way down to small children? Um, basically, the base of it, is this, is macular uh, degeneration hereditary and what should people do when there is a family history?
0: So, you know, typically we don't see macular degeneration until you're over the age of 50, but there is absolutely a very strong genetic um, component to it. There are what we're learning just more and more different uh, genes that are both protective and certain genes that are actually harmful that cause a lot of this inflammation um, in the eye. And, you know, we wouldn't see any signs of macular degeneration in most people below the age of 50, but um, but certainly in any patient who has a family history of macular degeneration, um, we're at a much higher, th- you know, threshold and a much higher concern about uh, careful follow-up.
1: Mm, great. I appreciate that. We've got two questions that... Um, Relate to, to diet and nutrition, there's something um, uh, called arids A-R-E-D-S, Um, where Jeanette from St. Louis and Melanie from Michigan have questions related to arids. I was wondering um, Dr. Riley, could you could you tell our listeners today what arids is and um, uh, you know kind of we'll uh, take a few questions off of that.
0: Absolutely. So, fortunately, we have uh we have a very very large clinical trial that was um done back in 2000, 2001 um that was looking at nutritional supplements, specifically um vitamin C, E, beta-carotene, zinc, um, and copper, looking at whether it can decrease the risk of developing more advanced forms of macular degeneration, such as wet macular degeneration. Um, and then this the same research group in 2005 or 2006 became um, began a second study, which is called a the AREDS two to see if there can be any improvement in the formulation. But even the original formulation, which was looking again at vitamin C, E, beta carotene, zinc, and copper, um, found that it uh, decreases uh, the risk of developing wet macular degeneration and advanced forms of uh, dry macular degeneration by about 30 to 40%. And it's been found that... um, Basically, in in eyes that are already at higher risk, meaning they have a certain level of dry macular degeneration, that over a five-year period, um, there's there's at least about a 25% uh, reduction in the overall risk of advanced macular degeneration. Um, The second uh, trial that I was mentioning, this AREDS-2 formulation, Um, was looking at adding antioxidants. And and we've heard a lot about different kinds of antioxidants. You might have heard of lutein and zeaxanthin and these omega-3 fatty acids to see if, you know, any of these antioxidants were protective or even better than the original. And um, realistically, you know, we found that if you're having a healthy diet, and you're already a non-smoker, the original AREDS formulation does a great job at protecting and and trying to prevent uh, the advanced form of macular degeneration. But if you're sort of lacking in your diet a little bit, you don't tend to get a lot of um, antioxidants. Um, Or if you're a previous smoker, uh, removing the beta-carotene and adding uh, these antioxidants were, were very helpful. Well, that's
1: great. And for, for our listeners who m- may want to ask their doctor or um, do some own re- research, I want to explain, just I'll, I'll spell out that acronym one more time. Uh, AREDS it stands for Age-Related Eye Disease Study. So A-R-E-D-S is something you can um, ask your physician about. Also, um, as mentioned earlier, Bright Focus has a number of free materials um, about macular degeneration, and we have one called um, The Essential Facts of, of Macular um of macular degeneration and that's available uh, at our website, brightfocus.org, or you could stay on the on the line and, um, at the end of the call and leave your leave your address for, for our uh, material essential facts and that discusses Arids. We have a couple more questions about Arids. So Jeanette from St. Louis is wondering can Arid supplements contain too much zinc?
0: So that's a good question. And it's something that we're looking at and trying to better evaluate each you know each year with these with these trials to make sure that everything that's in these um supplements are number 1 helpful and number 2 also not not harmful um and for you know basically in terms of looking at all of the components you know vitamin E sometimes we've heard about risks of uh, prostate cancer and things um zinc we've heard also um as, as a risk for our cardiovascular um all of these Antioxidants have been found to be uh, safe, at, you know, for for patients, and um, and have not been found to cause any increased risk uh, of any other issues.
1: Well, great! And related to that, um, uh, Melanie from Michigan has heard her ophthalmologist mentioned something called Macu Health vitamins, and. So I was wondering if you could help her and other, other uh, listeners that are trying to evaluate the different type of, vit- of, of arid formula vitamins that they might see. I mean, are there, you know, you know in terms of are, do they vary by cost or effectiveness? Or w- what should a consumer uh, be looking for when they, they go out to try to get arid uh, formula vitamins
0: well, that's what you, exactly what you just said should needs to be in the formulation. So it ne- it needs to say the AREDs formula is is in that vitamin, and you know because vitamins in general are not. Um, FDA kind of sanction. there's other things that can be put into them. Sometimes you can have other uh, other um, antioxidants and things. And what we know with the AREDS formula is that those specific um, vitamins and antioxidants are, are what's recommended. So there's a lot of different brands out there, different companies that make them, and, and they're all very similar. But you do want to make sure that they say the AREDS or the AREDS 2 formula on, on the uh, bottle itself. Great.
1: And now I'd like to to um, move on to the the topic you mentioned earlier about how dry macular degeneration can um, can become wet wet macular degeneration. Aguayo from Maryland uh, has that has that question. How can he um, uh, how can he keep uh, dry macular from becoming wet? And then, just for our listeners, um, how is wet macular degeneration treated and monitored?
0: That's a great question. And first, you know, continue, as I mentioned earlier, having appropriate and annual exams um, with your eye physician is number one, um, because they can tell you what's what's going on, what's what's changing. There are um, two, when you already have dry macular degeneration, there's two ways of monitoring things at home. Um, There's an Andler grid that we've had for a very long time, which is um, a grid that basically looks like a, a sheet of graph paper, and that can be used to uh, to detect any changes um, that can be suggestive of wet macular degeneration. And then there's also a, a newer um, device called the 4C home device that is a, is a bit more sophisticated in its in its techniques of trying to detect any changes that would be suggestive of wet macular degeneration. And the idea is that you know with close follow up and with these um home monitoring devices is that we want to detect wet macular degeneration if it was to develop as as early as possible. We do have um excellent treatment um for wet macular degeneration, which includes um injections to the eye that do a very good job of maintaining vision and trying to prevent vision from getting worse. But one thing that we absolutely do know is that the earlier that we can have it detected, the better it is um, overall for um, expectations and, and maintaining vision. Great.
1: I appreciate that. I'd like to talk just um, about some of those home monitoring uh, devices. the Amsler grid which you which you described very well uh, for our listeners this is something that bright focus offers for free they're um, magnetic so you can put them on your refrigerator as a reminder to keep monitoring your AMD and Amsler grids uh, are available free of charge from bright focus and you can leave your name and us mail address at the at the conclusion of this call if you'd like an Amsler grid and then um, uh, Dr. Riley, this 4C home monitor, can you tell us a little bit about how it works? This is something that um, that may be new to a lot of the folks that are with us today.
0: Sure, absolutely. It's a uh, device that you actually have um, in your house. Like it's connected to um, just your landline, basically. And, and what it does is that it's a three-minute test that you take per eye, and it's projecting a, a series of um, dashed lines with a little bit of a an elevation to it. And these this test is something that we'd expect to be similar over time. And the idea is that it's very, very easy to use. It doesn't require significant um you know, computer savviness or anything. But the idea is that over time, if there has been a change that perhaps it's not noticeable in terms of visual changes yet, that this device is able to notice um, an area that might be distorted and might be suspicious for wet macular degeneration. And it's constantly being monitored. So what that means is that each one of these um, tests that you do every day uh, goes to a a center and the, and your your physician gets a um, report of of all these tests and if there's ever a deviation from you're normal uh there's an alert that gets generated and this alert um communicates with your physician to contact you in order to um come in get evaluated see if there's been any changes and what it was de- what it was able to find was that in the clinical trial looking at its effectiveness was that it was able to detect um changes number one way before um, patients were able to notice any changes, but number two, when the vision was still excellent, still when, you know, the vision was still 2020, 2025, 2030, um, which for most people would not be a, at a, a level that, that they would be able to detect a change.
1: What's well, interesting now, um, uh, certainly a question many many people have about new new uh, technologies. Could you tell us a little bit about the cost, and is this something that would be covered by Medicare?
0: so that's a great question and one that we're I'm really excited to say that we've have have recently had changed um it is now um approved and and has passed a Medicare review so it has been paid um for patients uh who have Medicare um if uh there's a, a medicare with a supplemental there's no cost at all um for the patient um and, and with patients who have medicare without a supplemental the cost is $15 per month and um what's also exciting is that um other insurances are also um starting which is not quite as as you know we don't know the exact numbers in terms of compared to Medicare, but other private insurances and commercial insurances are also starting to cover it um, If there's no insurance at all the the cost is seventy five dollars per month
1: mm-hmm. now is this something that uh in your in your practice at the retina group of washington d c do you do you use this or do you have any um, uh you know examples of um, how some of your patients uh, uh, have have used this uh, with their own treatment?
0: I do. And, you know, what's exciting about it is that it gives a patient a chance to proactively do something, you know, a lot of the things we talked about you know maintaining a healthy diet and taking vitamins and and having very you know constant follow up are all very very important but this is something that um has been able to be provided to patients and allow them to be a bit more proactive in the whole process and i've had a lot of patients on it who have been very happy and and they feel a little bit more um you know at ease knowing that you know, they're constantly being monitored and, um, you know, if there has been any changes. And and we have had, um, you know, patients that have had an alert. And I can think of one just I saw in the past couple of weeks that came in and their vision was completely unchanged. It was 2020. Um, they had noticed no changes to um, how they're reading. They've had no blurriness, no distortion. But this the four c home had triggered an alert because there had been a change in the in this patient's exam, and upon you know further examination it did um there was a transformation from dry macular degeneration to wet macular degeneration, and again, it all goes back to when we're detecting the wet macular degeneration, and we know the earliest um signs of it th- these are eyes that we can we can educate and, and really be able to tell patients that, you know, hopefully, you know, with proper treatment that they should be able to maintain and, and do, do quite well in the overall process.
1: Oh, Well, that's fantastic. Um, <clears throat> before we move into uh, a, a few more questions from our listeners, I just want to uh, kind of remind people about the EMSLA grid and the 4C home monitor in case they have questions. The EMSLA grid, as we mentioned uh, a minute ago, we have them free of charge here at Bright Focus. And you can uh, leave your leave your name and address at the end of the at the end of the call. And we also have um, uh, information on the 4C home monitor. That again, you can leave your information at the end of the call, or call us anytime at 800-437-2423. Uh, again, you can ask questions at star three. We have a couple. Uh, that I think are relevant, uh, Dr. Riley, as you talked about wet macular degeneration, William from New York brings up the in, um, the injections uh, that uh, people receive and, and um, is wondering. Uh, is that something that could someday be available in a pill? So, just you know, to William's question, could you tell our listeners a little bit about the injections, and I think sure. you know, that may cause some anxiety in people. Yeah, to I was William's just going to say this
0: is a very common area of a yeah. lot of anxiety. Um, <laughs> yeah. And you know, the the good news is is you know whenever whenever you're talking. To a patient for the first time about an injection, you know everybody has the same expression, you know, of, of you know having an injection to the eye sounding extremely terrible and, and um, painful. But the good news about injections is that um, you, you don't have a lot of pain associated with it. it. It's something that's done very quickly in the office with good anesthesia, and um, you know it's tolerated very very well. Um, but there is you know things in the future just as is. Um, as the the listener had asked, um, there are eye drops in the you know that, that are always being investigated. Um, oral medications are always being investigated to this date. There hasn't been anything that has is, is gotten you know through the clinical trial process because it's very diff- difficult to. Um, get to the back portion of the eye, which is is where the wet macular degeneration is, and that's why um, these injections are able to to get the medication to the appropriate area. But um, there is a a clinical trial that's going to be looking at eye drops um, soon, uh, looking at if that's going to be a potential new uh, approach um, in place of or in addition to injections.
1: Yeah. Well, that's great. Um, we have a question. Lorraine from New Hampshire is wondering um, what type of person should take ARIDS? Is it someone with dry macular or wet macular? Um, who who should be looking for, for the ARIDS?
0: So that's a great question. And what the, the clinical trial was able to determine was that it's for patients who already have dry macular degeneration. So it's not meant to be um, Use prophylactically what you know if you don't have any history of uh, macular degeneration it's meant for patients who already have dry macular degeneration to a certain level, and this is where your um eye your eye provider can certainly help um, with uh, guiding you whether you have you know this level of dry macular degeneration but um it hasn't been found to be um beneficial um, in the clinical trial, as, as I mentioned, prophylactically, or for wet macular degeneration. These are kind of areas that um, we don't have quite as much, uh, you know, data to suggest, but for what it's used for right now is, is patients with a certain level of dry macular degeneration.
1: Mm-hmm. Great. I just want to reiterate the point you made earlier about um, being sure to look at the label for um, to make sure you see that that the arids there. Um, Ed from Maryland is wondering uh, on the 4C home monitor. How does how do you know if you are eligible to to use that home monitoring device?
0: So this does require um, a prescription from your um, your eye care provider. So it's a, a prescription that goes to the company um, and. You know, again, it requires a full examination. Um, If you would be the appropriate candidate for it, then your doctor has to um, send a prescription to the company. And then once the patient, um, once the prescription is received, the company will call the the patient and start to deliver the device to the home and go on with testing and, and, you know, education and training.
1: Well, great. We have um, probably time for just one or two more questions. Mary from Alabama is wondering about moisture drops uh, for, your, for your eyes. Do those have any effect on AMD?
0: No, um I, you know, I, I think uh lubricating eye drops do a, a great job when you know, there's a lot of a lot of different circumstances when your eyes get dry, whether it's from reading or on the computer or watching TV, um and, and keeping the eyes as lubricated as possible can certainly help your overall eye health, but um they're not uh really associated with or would would uh cause any harm or benefit to the macular degeneration process.
1: Great. And um, uh, I'd just like to to ask uh, one question here. In your experience in in your clinic, is there a recurring misperception or piece of misinformation that uh, your patients have, or is is there something that you, you on a recurring basis, have to uh, correct someone's perception of, of of macular degeneration, their knowledge of
0: it? Yeah, absolutely. And the biggest thing is that, you know, having a diagnosis of macular degeneration means you're gonna go blind. And um that that's where, you know, education and having um close uh, you know, annual examinations and having excellent treatment now really, you know, you can you can tell most patients that um, this is a condition that's progressive, and it will require, you know, monitoring and follow up, you know, probably for the rest of your life. But we have great medications that help to maintain the vision at, at a very good level, and a lot of patients are able still to able to drive, able to read, and um, it's not a it's not a condition that. Um, you know, it means that in five or ten years, you definitely will go blind, and that's what's changed so, so much over the past couple of decades with um, both having these monitoring devices as well as uh, better and better treatments.
1: Well, that's great to hear because I can imagine that this has to be very um, disturbing news that, that people receive, so that's really encouraging. Um, thanks for that. Before we conclude the chat, I'd just like to ask our listeners for their feedback to help us plan future chats. We have a one-question survey, and that question is, overall, how would you rate today's bright focus chat? If you found this chat very helpful, please press 1. If you found this chat somewhat helpful, please press 2. And if you did not find this chat helpful at all, please press 3. So, again, that's 1 if you thought it was very helpful, 2 for somewhat helpful, and 3 not helpful at all. Before do that, I just want to uh, just give a very special thanks to Dr. Gayatri Riley of Washington, D.C., for joining us today. Uh, you've given us great tips and information to help keep our eyes at their healthiest. And I want to thank everyone who joined the call and submitted questions for us to ask Dr. Riley. Within about a week, we'll be posting a recording and a written transcript of this chat on our website, brightfocus.org. You can also listen to this chat and download previous chats at iTunes and SoundCloud. Like to mention again that we do have information about the AMSLA grid and about monitoring AMD. Just stay on the line at the end of this call, and you can order this along with the transcript of today's call and any other materials that um, that, that may be helpful to, to you and your family. Our next chat topic will be meeting the challenges of macular degeneration: a story of hope. And that will be on June 29th. We encourage you to stay on the line to register for. That now, and we'll also be sending a reminder email. Once again, when the call concludes, you can leave a message to register for the June chat, request a transcript or any other materials that we talked about today, or be able to share this chat with someone that you know that might be interested. You can always call Bright Focus free of charge at 800 437 2423. Again, that's 800 437 2423. And you can always find these resources on our website brightfocus.org. That's O-R-G. And once again, Dr. Riley, I just want to thank you for, for taking time out of your schedule today. I think that, that all of us um, found this in, information very useful. And um, um,
0: Thank you for, for having me.
1: Oh, our, our pleasure. And, and to the listeners, if you want to leave a, a question or comment, just, just stay on the line. So, again, thank you, everyone, for, for being a part of today's Bright Focus Fo- Foundation chat, and I um, hope you have a great day. Thanks.
0: The information provided in this recording is a public service of Bright Focus Foundation and is not intended to constitute medical advice. Please consult your physician for personalized medical, dietary, and or exercise advice. Any medications or supplements should only be taken under medical supervision. Bright Focus Foundation does not endorse any medical products or therapies.